In this episode, we talk about Santa and the Easter Bunny, so just be aware if you have children listening. everyone. Welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover, and I am so happy to tell you <laughs> that I am joined this week by your very favorite lady, Amanda Allen. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. I'm back. Hi. Hi, Betsy. <laughs> so, Betsy, we're still locked in uh, the closet and, and our houses, and uh, the coronavirus is still happening, and school is still at home and nothing's changed since the last time we talked a couple months ago nothing nothing's changed it's exciting it's a great life i'm glad Mm -hmm. to be in it fun um Um, speaking of which you know what's fun and i'm excited to be in uh we have a guest this episode she's an actor she's a writer she's an emmy winner she's a golden globe winner she's like so fancy i can't even i can't even like (laughs) list it all uh her name is rachel bloom yeah Hi. (laughs) And Rachel, as far as we know, this is the first time anyone uh, on our show has been doing our show and also pumping. Great. Uh, Yes. And I asked you, you know, before, like it seemed, as I had said off mic, but I'll say on mic now, uh, my husband um, serviced the baby this morning. uh, And so I... I uh, got to sleep in a little bit and I still have not expressed my milk. Uh, and so I am, you know, I am bursting. And so I thank you for letting me, for letting me pump on this, but it also seemed like a happy, um, you know, like an improv scene where there's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you just happy say accident. yes. And to the, to the accidents and the accidents become <laughs> always meant to be. <laughs> It truly, yeah. I mean, it's of of all the things you could be doing, it seems most appropriate. Man, I remember those days where you would wake up if you like slept in, and it was as if you were like a fountain, like a like a fountain, like literally one of those oh, fountains yeah. in the middle of a park where like their boobs are just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, uh, it's so nuts. It's and so yeah. cool. It is cool. It's really cool. Like I, I found the like, um, you know, I'd always had the like hard things in my boobs. Those like milk ducts, ducks. Like that's the first thing when milk you grow butt. boobs, you you feel you're like that's what like breast buds are, right? You feel like it's just like your milk ducts growing, and you're like eleven, and you're like, when will I ever use this? And now I figured, I figured out the spot on like my hard milk duct that I can press that will just make the milk like like shoot out like a porno and it's like a little what? magic trick for myself. It's really cool. What kind of pornos are you watching? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I never figured that out. Three kids and I never figured out which duct to press to make it shoot out. Pooh. Um it's it's really it's really weird. They're like little space lasers. Um Hey, so I have three kids. They are all boys, uh, four, eight, and ten. Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, Amanda, what you got over there? Uh, well, as of today, I have a ten-year-old boy. Um, 
It's his birthday, and he turned 10. And then I have twin seven-and-a-half-year-old girls. So I got three kids, too. Whoa! I feel like I'm going through nothing. I just got the one. No, no, no. I have no no, no problems. Yes, but this is your first rodeo, so it's always, like, it's, it's, it's not less. Mm-mm. No, I mean, I his his birthday today has just made me think constantly about how difficult it was ten years ago. Yeah, because you know, it's For so real. hard. And I also have like this weird re-traumatization that happens like the day before, where I'm like reliving. It's a beautiful, <gasps> wonderful blessing of a traumatization, but it's totally a trauma that like keeps replaying yes. every year. Yeah, <laughs> you're like oh, the birth yeah. today, and then even like it today, was the worst. Yeah, like I was like, oh, ten years ago, right now, he was probably pooping black poop, and I didn't want to leave the hospital bed, and I would just say, bring me my baby, and like. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago today I was having a panic attack and they were asking my husband is yes. he always like this and he yes. said no she's her epidural's not working yes they they did the same to me where they were like you keep crying and we're a little nervous about how you're responding to being a new mother and I was like it's so overwhelming I don't want you to talk to me don't are you fucking my serious yeah no the questionnaires because they wanted to make sure that I wasn't gonna Uh-oh. hurt my baby uh-huh. yeah yeah I right. remember when I gave birth to my youngest, I was sobbing afterwards, just like with relief. Like I was so happy to not be pregnant and so happy to not be giving birth anymore. And um, and I was just like happy that he was there and healthy and safe. And mm-hmm. the nurse was like, is she okay? And my husband was like, yeah, she just is crying because she had a baby. That's very, that's very weird. That happened to me after I gave birth. The nurse was like... I just given birth. My daughter was in the NICU, and also it's a pandemic. But but you know, I just given birth, and I was hungry, and I was like white as a sheet. And the nurse was like, "Oh, you don't look so good." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry." And then I got some food, and she came back in. She was like, "You look much better now." Oh, and it's like, have you ever been around? Is this the maternity ward? <laughs> like, I just lost. I'm actively still losing yeah. blood with every cramp. I feel my uterus like barfing up blood yeah. and placenta. Like, yeah, I look, I look terrible. Yep. Yep. You didn't know you owed it to her to look pretty in that moment. <laughs> it was just like. Oh yeah, it it was very very it was very weird. And then when I was in the NICU, I will say in the NICU I was like my my husband and I were both separately because we couldn't go in the NICU together because of COVID, sobbing yeah. uncontrollably. And to their credit, they weren't like, yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> Luckily they were just kind of like they sat there while we were crying because I think that they get a lot of parents crying in the NICU. Yeah. I, my my girls were in the NICU and I I remember the first night like cuz you can't go see them until you uh like they, they take the catheter out and you can actually walk. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember as soon as I was allowed, I went, but I was still like not able to walk. So like I sort of walked a wheelchair with the nurse who like held me up. My legs were like, it was kind of like Princess Bride when Wesley is coming back into life and he's got like Andre the Giant like taking him where he needs to yeah. go. Um, and so I was like, get me to the NICU. And I got there and I remember like I got in there and I just started like, it's just exhausting and emo- emotionally, physically, like all of it. And then 
the NICU itself is emotionally exhausting and sad and scary and also like you're so thankful too like there's like so much there and I just broke down and they were like I don't think she's ready (laughs) I was like I'm ready go away I can stand like yeah they were it's it's the same like you're in this space and you're not concerned with how you look you're concerned with what's going on and so when someone points out how you look it's just very like oh you're paying attention to how I'm responding to this I'm paying also, attention to like this baby 10 months of <clears throat> of like hormones just flooding out of your body for the first time in your whole life it's the craziest thing your body has ever done yeah. in your whole life it's so insane yeah anyway yeah. so how old is your daughter Rachel she is eight and a half months oh my gosh. uh and God, it's such a, it's, I mean, she's, she's wonderful. I, she's perfect. I, I mean, people have already started to ask the less well I know somebody, the, the, the more probing, of course, they'll ask what the questions. Um, oh yeah. And luckily I haven't been able to go out in the world. So it's not like I'm running into people at cafes who are like, do you want another? Um, <laughs> but people still manage even a pandemic to ask probing questions. And I, I'm just curious about people who have multiple because I'm an only child. So my template for my template for having a child is, is one and I have a single, a single daughter. So it, it feels like we might be an only child family, but I, I am curious, like, did you go into having kids knowing you wanted three children or was it a slow realization you had? And does it have anything to do with your family template? Um, well, for me, I, you know, I got a bonus kid in it. Um, so it wasn't like we oh, were, right. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's going to be three. Okay. So we're going to have three kids. Uh, when I had Wes, I actually was like, I'm good with one, uh, until he turned two. And then like this weird, I went to a wedding and heard a speech and a switch like flipped. And I was like, <gasps> Oh wait, I think there needs to be another baby. He needs a he needs a sibling. He needs a brother or sister. Um and we kind of went back and forth a little bit about it. And then yeah, then then I became the cautionary tale that is this podcast. Um <laughs> But um I think I have a brother, so that I'm sure played into part of my argument when I was like he needs a sibling. Um but I was also okay with one because I felt full with him. Oh. Um, and then when I had the girls, I was like, oh, I can become even more full. It's like eating cookies. You just keep oh. you just keep eating them and you just, keep, you just don't seem full. You keep getting more full. Anyways, uh, I'm not eating sugar this month and there are so many cookies in oh. my house. So it's all what? I can You're not eating sugar in December? Yeah, Amanda? it's dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Interesting. Dumb. Dumb. So I have... Three kids, and I always wanted, I think, uh, well, after my body betrayed me and told me that it wanted children, um, <laughs> at that point, I was fine with no children, and then all of a sudden, I was like 30, and my body was like, you'll never be happy unless you put a baby in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but I think I, after that, I was like, oh, I think I want three or four, but that was like, <laughs> that's a That's a jump. Yeah. That, that felt normal to me. My dad is one of four. My mom is one of three. And then um, my parents had me, got divorced, and then they each had three children. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. So, so to me, three or four is like super normal. Um, 
and so uh, I had my first and I, for whatever reason, like immediately after I had my first, I was like, I'm ready. Like it was like bungee jumping or something. Not that I've ever done that, but I was like, I'm just ready to jump again. Like, let's go. Um, and you know, you really have to psych yourself up to for that whole pregnancy and all that stuff. Um, but I was like, I'm ready. Like, I'm just put me back in coach. Um, and, uh, and part of that too was because, I'm eight years older than my next sibling, and I have uh, two of my brothers are like 18 months apart, and they are like best friends, and they, you know, collaborate artistically, and and so I was like, oh, like that's like I want my kids to have that kind of closeness because I didn't have that. I was almost like a parent to my siblings, really. Um, we didn't grow up like the same at all. Um, so I was really kind of alone. Um, and, and then when I did have siblings, it was like none of the good parts of having siblings. It was just like, ugh, um, all the sort of babysitting parts. So, uh, no offense to my siblings who are listening. Um, no, I'm just listening, thinking about my kids now. And I think they probably would describe it the same way saying like, I'm not getting any of the good parts of having siblings. Like they would <laughs> definitely not be. That's what I, that's what I always wonder about is having that at siblings. I hear people who have multiple children saying, Oh, I want to give, I want to give my child a sibling. And, yeah. and, and I have to say like, maybe this is just because I'm a comedian and I know fucked up people, but I feel like a lot of people I know with siblings, <laughs> it's a cordial relationship at best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the idea of like, well, it's not for me, it's for my child. Is that no. true? I, no. I don't know. I, you no. know, I, I, know. I think that was a gift to my child. And then after I, when I had my second child and my oldest met the baby, he looked at the baby, he looked at me and he said, no. No. <laughs> so like and I don't know if that's ever yeah <laughs> he loves his brother but I think he would have been fine if it shaked out a, a different way uh you know so so I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh I wouldn't stress about that no honestly. no your whatever choice you make is the I, right choice they would have been so. perfectly happy with being only children and there would have been a lot more resources honestly and then i had my third just because i uh i wanted well, i cuz i wanted another um but also there was like a weird um sort of and and i'm not um i don't know i don't own any crystals i'm not spiritual really um but uh there was like a part of me that was like, oh, there's a person missing um, and I need uh, like we need to have this baby because this person is missing. Mm -hmm. um, and even when I uh, first had uh, when I first got pregnant with my last child, um, they thought that maybe um, I had lost the baby because they they didn't detect that it uh, that the, the zygote was growing correctly or something. Mm. And they were like, oh, I don't I don't think it it's growing anymore. And I was so upset. And I remember crying to my husband, like, and he was like, it's, it's okay. Like, we'll have, we can have another baby. And I, and I was crying and I was like, no, but I, this is the one I wanted. I wanted this one. Whoa. And, uh, and I, I don't know, I'm very close with this one. Like he's my, he's my little shadow and he is most like me and we, we get along just swimmingly. So I don't know there. That's, that's what's up with him. Oh.
Make taking better care of your health a New Year's resolution and make it super easy with Care Of. Celebrate the little victories this year. You don't have to make any big resolutions. Small, impactful changes are just as important, like adding a daily vitamin to help support your energy, sleep, or fitness to target those goals, whether in the short term or the long term. I've told you about it before because I love it, and I'm going to tell you again. You go online, and Care Of gives you an in-depth five-minute long quiz. They ask you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your health concerns, and it's like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist all without having to leave your house. And then you get a personally tailored approach to your unique health needs. Care Of has high-quality products that are formulated with good-for-you clean ingredients that are backed by science. So they recommend vitamins and supplements, and they put them in a little daily, individually wrapped packet that's perfect for getting back into a routine. You can follow Care Of's expert recommendations, or you can adjust your packet anytime. Whatever you receive is completely up to you. I love Care Of. They have truly high-quality products, excellent customer service, and it's so easy just having that pack of vitamins every day. You can put it in your purse, You can put it in your pocket. It's got your name on it. And they're really good, too, about showing you exactly what they've sent you and exactly what it does. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code WMD50. That's half off your first Care Of order. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code WMD50. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love. Delivered right to your door, contact-free. Every plate dinners are the less expensive alternative to takeout or delivery. Plus, each meal is about the same price as one cup of coffee. Whoa. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. Plus, there's a changing menu of 14 recipes every week featuring a range of flavors and ingredients so that you will never get bored. Every plate makes it easy and affordable to cook hearty, delicious, family-pleasing meals and on a budget. I love when that box comes from every plate because I know I don't have to do a whole week of meal planning now. I don't have to look up recipes or figure out what we have to get at the grocery store or what we have in the cabinet. And I know that 30 minutes before we sit down to eat, I'm going to open up my refrigerator. I'm going to look at that recipe card and I'm going to make something really fun and different. I don't think I've ever talked about this, but I have this homemade cookbook where anytime I see a recipe that I like, I either print it off or I cut it out and I glue it into this book. Well, I have at least two or three every plate recipes in there because every single time we're like, this is delicious. We have to make this again. If you've been putting off trying a meal kit service because you were worried about the cost, try every plate. You can try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes by going to everyplate.com and entering the code WMD199. So let's do this. Get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off another two weeks by going to everyplate.com and entering the code WMD199. Oh, Amanda, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to you in forever. I know. Um, you know, I I'm on the fence about what I'm gonna what my story is this week. Do you mind starting us off? No, sure. I um 
I had a couple. I kept being like, oh, I should do the show. I've got some stories. Um, and my kids kept just filling my cup up, which was really <laughs> wonderful. I was like, great, another story. Um, with stories, not with just like uh, – Just shit shows. Just things that they were – yeah no right exactly like things that they were actually doing um it was like they they were for a little while uh they weren't doing anything and i was like oh i don't have anything to talk about on the show other than how difficult day-to-day is but they've just yeah. decided to turn it back on again so lucky me um they uh so i'm gonna i actually i wrote about it a little bit on instagram because i only live in the instagram story world now and it's the only space that i have for myself um mm-hmm. but uh I put the kids to bed the other night and um and I decided to watch Love Actually. Uh, mm-hmm. it's something it's you know, I like the movie. I there's many flaws in it. It's super simplistic, but I also really enjoy it and I get angry at Lori Lenny every year and I like I just live through it all and and it's just like something I like to do. So I was like, I'm gonna watch Love Actually tonight. Uh and I put it on and um I was watching the movie and the kids were all asleep uh, mm-hmm. and doing Christmas shopping at the same time, multitasking. Um, we oh, celebrate Christmas. Tell Rachel, just so you mm. know, Rachel, like mm-hmm. this is, you, you can interrupt. You, yeah, it's you not like the mom. Oh, great. I, I, I didn't, I wanted to be polite I, and I, listen. I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, poor Rachel. Yeah, she no. thinks we can't. Uh, uh, my only real contribution is love actually is a holiday classic. Yeah. That's yeah. all I was going to say. And it's not that important. So, yeah. like, it wasn't – I was about to – you know, I was about to jump in and say that. I was like, what does that contribute to this podcast? <laughs> I have nothing to actually say. I want to yeah. just talk to talk. And it's like yeah. – just now, by, by the way, I've gone to ha- – my pump ran out of battery. Oh, so oh. now I'm now I'm hand expressing and I'm doing the thing I love. There's It's like popping a pimple, actually. Oh. That's what it is. I realized that it's like – because I find a thing to press – and it just expresses pus, but instead of pus, <laughs> it's uh, it's milk and nourishment for my daughter. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys! I went down on this insane internet hole recently where uh, uh, one of my improv students was talking about uh, something called a bot fly, which apparently will. <laughs> um, uh, a botfly deposits its eggs into a mosquito and then a mosquito deposits its egg into a human um, and then it grows in your skin. And uh, and so I, was, I learned about this and because I'm a fucking creep, I was like, I need to see a video of what no. this is about. No. Sure. Yeah. I get that. I'm going to look up a video right now. Every now and then I'm like, what, I need to know everything about conjoined twins. And then I'm just, you know, pictures and videos. Anyway. So oh, I'm so looking that, at pictures of this right now. The bot yeah. fly. Okay. Yeah. It makes, it's, whoa. It's oh hard. yeah. Oh, oh, I see. So you're looking at like, um, the, it's almost like pimple popping videos, but it's an expression of getting a bot fly out. I can't. Correct. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm watching, I'm seeing some pictures of that. It's like giving birth a little bit. It yeah. was it, ugh, it was horrible. Um, and then of course that led me to Dr. Pimple Popper, and I just all it was a it was dark. Look. Oh, oh, this baby bird. <laughs> all right, Rachel, stop because you'll never come back. It's really you could just go oh just down. I, I do this all the time. Yesterday I Googled fattest baby. <laughs> and because I was curious, and and the pictures are they're upsetting. 
Yeah. 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 Fattest baby, gonna... the, the Google image that comes up of the world's fattest baby, like it's not great. It's mm. not a good, it's, it's not probably good. like a sad. It's an like obese, it's a, it's a morbidly, a morbidly yes. obese baby. Did the, did the obese baby that smoking picture come up? Um, not yet, but I was expecting that to, oh my God. Oh, well then there's a really funny, oh yeah, now I'm down the rabbit hole. Oh wait, have fattest newborn baby in the world. Oh, oh. Uh, let's see how fat that newborn was. Terrifying sounding. Oh boy. Hmm. Wait, what? What have you learned? Wait, as for the largest newborn baby, the world's heaviest baby was born to Anna Bates in 1879. It says the baby weighed... 2,000 pounds but died 11 hours after birth? I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, that I don't is. that was kilograms? <laughs> this is, you know what? This website is really questionable if you how can many, believe it. How many pounds is, is 2,000 kilograms, I wonder? Or somebody just wrote the wrong number and they're like, that's it. That's the I record. I think it was maybe 23. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, fattest newborn baby. Uh, the the okay the heaviest baby on record was born in Italy in 1955 weighed 22 pounds eight ounces so 22 pounds and oh then but God. here's a there's a newborn who was just um born in she Texas that weighs 11 pounds okay okay that 22 year old oh, that, I mean a uh, pound baby though I'm sure that mom just cracked open like an oyster right I mean she just she just split in half like a horror movie. <laughs> It's oh no! I'm sorry. I'm on a podcast and now I'm just looking at pictures of fat newborns. Whoa, my God! This newborn's so fat. Oh, it's so weird to see such a big, a big baby, but it's a newborn. Oh, this is so weird. Okay, I my heaviest kid was nine pounds and five ounces, and uh, he came out looking not newborn. I'll be honest; he looked uh, he looked like a two month old. Um, anyway, Amanda, <laughs> where were we? Uh, um, oh, I was watching Love Actually, getting Great. Christmas, getting presents Great for my Christmas kids. Christmas classic. There we go. Yes, holiday okay. classic. So, uh, I don't know if you've watched it, but there's, it's like several different stories and they're all connected in some way or another. And, um, there's one couple that meets while they're, um, shooting a porn and mm-hmm. um and in the beginning they're dressed and they're kind of moving like they're porn stars and then the next time you see them they're naked and they're pretending to have sex but they're not actually and the whole time they're trying to get to know one another um so i'm watching it's like two seconds of nudity where she's like pretending to ride him naked and during those two seconds emmeline walks out <laughs> And I'm sitting in my chair watching what looks like porn by myself in the living room. Oh my God. <laughs> and Emmeline goes, Oh, what are you doing? What are you watching? Oh. And I just stood up and went, It's a holiday movie. It's a holiday movie. <laughs> started pushing her into the into the uh, hallway. I was like, It's a holiday movie. It's holidays. It's the it's the holidays. You'll watch it when you're older. And she just stared at me and was like i don't even know what i just saw and i was like you'll watch it when you're older it's it's oh, called love actually <laughs> i realized everything i was saying just made it sound like i was watching porn and as she gets older 
like her mom her mom this is like what she's going to is they're this, making love actually this is, it's actually love it's love actually it's not it's not fucking it's love um so <laughs> i i just was like she's going to grow up and this is going to be one of those memories she reconstructs and she's going to be like one time I walked in and caught my mom watching porn and she yep. told me it was a Christmas movie. And I just like, there was no getting around it. There was no getting around it. And so after that, she now like, she came out a little bit later and knocked on the door and was like, are you still watching your movie? Oh, <laughs> how old is she? She's seven and a half. So that's going to stick. It's going to be like, dick. hope you were like, I fast forwarded it around, but yeah. I, after two minutes, I was just fine. What do you watching need? Watching it again just watching it again oh man and then Wes was like from the other bedroom what did you see Emmeline what did you see oh (laughs) he's 10 so he was very like oh she got to see something did she get to see sex did she get you know like that's what his brain is yeah oh my gosh did she see sex and why is mom watching watching sex yeah i'm always watching not porn downstairs but like after the kids go upstairs to bed i'm watching all sorts of like violent (laughs) you know, uh, things that children shouldn't watch uh, or, you know, just like things that children shouldn't watch, like some documentary about horrible crimes. And, uh, and of course the kids come down and they're like, I, uh, and, uh, and I'm always like agitated. Cause I'm just like, I just want to get back to watching my inappropriate TV shows and yeah. you are like blocking me from it. Yeah. And they know, I mean, like, I still can't believe the timing of it. There's an entire movie of boring, like Colin Firth, just talking at a woman who doesn't understand him, you know, like the whole movie there's, it's just like slow and you're like, just get to it. And, um, and the one, the one scene at the one moment she walked out. Yeah, And it's, it's like a D story. It's really not one of the main stories. So to walk in that moment. Uh, and then I, Sorry. my chair faces like the back of my chair faces the door. So it just took me like extra long to get up over the chair to push her out. So it was just like the just the whole scene. She just stood there watching, and I was like, "This sucks. All of this sucks." Well, the good thing is, look, as far as like a formative sexual experience potentially forming her like sexual <laughs> identity and or kinks as she gets older, yeah. you could do a lot worse than like totally. that beautiful. Like, I think that is actually such a lovely. I wanted more of that couple. I think that's one of the like more unique meat cutes yeah. that I've seen <laughs> yeah. in a rom com. You know, it's not. It's not. You hear about like how the how fetishes and kinks form in childhood. Like there's a um, oh there uh, oh yeah yeah. Uh, I was reading an article about how um, uh, a lot of older uh, Eastern European Jewish men, uh, you know, born in Eastern Europe in the early 20th century, have enema fetishes because what? they're because it was a thing where like oh you're backed up I'm going to give you like an enema like your parents would give you enemas uh, and so mm-hmm. now they have these you know they have these enema fetishes so like you know she won't have an enema fetish no yeah no she won't she won't have an not enema. yet at least so uh, you know what thank you you're right she won't have an enema fetish so there we exactly. go <laughs> <laughs> no it just i was it was just one of those things where i was like of course of course of course so <sighs> yeah it's love actually um amanda i don't think you were around for it but uh but one of my uh, both of my older kids came across a uh a porn uh, clip and it was very upsetting to them and uh on the the internet or like tv 
on the internet. Oh no. So how do you stop that? Do you put like parental controls? Like I don't, how do I control that? Dude, I am trying so hard. And then, so it's like on one hand, I'm trying to keep them safe. But on the other hand, of course, when you put controls on it blocks all sorts of stuff not everything is right like their academic stuff like school will say watch this youtube video and then you have to undo all the blocks so that they can watch the video but then they're like oh look look at these people you know being burned alive or something horrible you know um the girls uh, were researching elf on the shelf the other day because they were trying to find out what happens when you touch them because of course they touch the elf all the time like they just hey can you tell me i'm sorry we're jews what the fuck is the elf on the shelf i have no idea what it is it's stupid and the only reason we have one is because other people's kids have them and then my kids were like wait (laughs) Well, like what? No, okay, like literally, what is it? I, a, I only know that it's an elf on a shelf. Yeah, it's like, a doll. What? And it. But and what it, the fuck? We are supposed to touch it? Yeah, no, because uh, the so apparently we are the laziest family in the whole world, so we don't go to an extreme. For us, it's the elf comes in, and every morning the elf's in a new spot, and so they come wake up and they look for where the elf has moved, and apparently it's magic, and it helps Santa know what the kids want and like, and. It helps Santa figure out what to bring for Christmas. Um, and so if you touch it, you take its magic away and it won't move anymore. And you do that so that the kids don't like take off with the elf or like do but also things But that's it. like obsessive compulsive <laughs> where it's like you can't touch the elf. <laughs> otherwise, the magic will go away. Like that. that is what it feels like to have obsessive yeah. thoughts. You, well, you put cinnamon on it and all is good. So my what? elf is covered in cinnamon. It's covered in it because all day they just touch it. Who the fuck? Wait, who started this? Some lady wrote a book and some fucking billionaire. Yeah, and then sold the doll and turned into a thing. Um, and like I said, we were like, "Oh, the elf doesn't come to our house. We don't. No, I guess not. Well, we just we know how to talk to Santa. We don't need an elf." And then it became this. Everyone has an elf because, like, I hear them on the Zoom calls now, and they're like, "Where was your elf today?" And it's like, uh, oh, geez, what? Oh, yeah. They talk about it in school? Yes, they talk about it in school. All the, the kids are like, my elf was on the tree. My elf was on the shelf. Life has been a little overwhelming lately, right? We don't all have the support system in place that we normally do. And you might be feeling less happy and productive than normal. And you might be thinking, maybe it's time to talk to somebody so that you can start living your best life. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And this is all without having to leave your house, (laughs) you know, find parking, sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, get a babysitter, all of that. BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not even be available in your area. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, family conflicts, grief, anger, self-esteem, LGBT matters. It's professional, convenient, and it's more affordable than traditional online counseling. And financial aid is available. Everything you share is confidential. So many people have been going to BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a Why Mommy Drinks listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month of online counseling. 
by visiting betterhelp.com drinks. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash drinks. Here's my question uh-huh. for you. So I, so I grew up in Southern California where there were some Jews, but like mostly not Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband, uh, who you both know, um, he grew up going to what's called yeshiva, you know, private Jewish school through, oh, wow. eighth, through, through eighth grade. Wow. Um, and he only, he didn't know any non-Jews until basically he got to high school. Wow. Yeah. Everyone. So like there were no Christmas lights in his neighborhood because like right. it was, there was, there was just, especially like he went to a private Jewish school. So he asked me the other day, like something came up where I had this memory in kindergarten of a girl in show and tell being like, this is a necklace I got from Santa. <laughs> and, and in that moment thinking like, whoa, she believes in Santa. What a fucking idiot. Like I, I have <laughs> that memory of, of knowing that Santa wasn't real. And it was partially because it's a Christian thing. And even though yeah. we weren't particularly religious, uh, still part of Jewish identity is, is I, you know, is uh, identifying the things that are not for you and will never be for you. Right. <laughs> So Gregor asked me, he, he was like, wait, you knew Santa wasn't real. Did your parents tell you like not to tell the kids that Santa wasn't real? And I just honestly, and I asked my parents about this, it just didn't come up. It, we weren't talking about Santa at school. Like it was almost a private family thing. Yeah. So I guess like my, my question for you is, uh, for kids around that d- don't believe in Santa, what would you want from those kids around your kids who do believe in Santa? And then second, what's your game plan with the slow reveal that Santa's not real? Oh, well, yeah. Hey, I mean, can, yeah. I, can I actually say this segues into my story? Oh, well, here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So my um, my oldest is 10. And he's been he's having been having this sneaking suspicion. He had uh, an, the Easter bunny uh, confirmed at Easter. And I should say too, Rachel. So my husband and I are both half Jewish and then half something else. So like my dad is a Lutheran minister, but my mom raised me half Jewish. Hmm. Um, and my husband was raised Greek and and Jewish, uh, but they weren't religious at all. Um, so it's a weird kind of mishmash over at our house. And it's more like we celebrate, like, uh, we celebrate everything as sort of a cultural thing. So we celebrate. Yeah. So it's like Christmas is just sort of like, it's, it's the winter celebration and Easter is a spring celebration and Hanukkah is a thing we do because we are Jewish. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to add more and more, but as you know, there are so many Jewish holidays. It's hard to, it's hard to keep up with everything oh too many there are like three that are just about trees and it's like yeah, i can't for real there are yeah. so many tree holidays so <laughs> i get it like i love trees I you gotta it. it's pick pick one you gotta pick one <laughs> one day for the trees but the two days for the trees I, uh, yeah and then you know there's like essentially it's like uh there's jewish halloween and there's jewish thanksgiving and uh, you know and yeah it's hard to pick i don't just for the record, I don't think there's Jewish Thanksgiving. I think of Sukkot as Jewish Thanksgiving. Oh, 
I guess so. It's like harvest and okay, right? What am I missing? What is it really about? It's like trees. It is about trees. (laughs) I thought it was about like gratitude and harvest. Oh, everything's supposedly about gratitude, but really it's either about like guilt or trees. (laughs) But it's like, no, we're just grateful. It's like, no, you just want to make me feel bad and make me hungry. Yeah, let's be hungry for a few days. Anyway, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Please. No, this show is about interrupting. So we we do lots of holidays. Yeah, so Easter, he like, excuse me, he figured it out. Oh, let me also write down Easter Bunny because I got to put a little warning on the front because sometimes people are crazy and they play this when their kids are around. I don't know why. Oh, I was listening to NPR yesterday and they were interviewing a Santa and they were like, um, because it was NPR, they had to be like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Justin, Justin McManus, who sits in for the real Santa, like they have to do that yes. shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually grateful for that sort of stuff because my youngest two are like on board. I wasn't raised believing in any of that stuff, but, um, but I was always kind of jealous and like, mis- like I mystified by that, I, that whole thing. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So anyway, it just kind of happened that our kids believe that stuff. And then uh, I'm a monster who encourages it. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> our friend, um, do you know Timothy Dunn? From- uh, do I know Timothy okay. Dunn? Yeah. Timothy Dunn uh, was uh, in my first ever sketch show that I that I had at UCB that got a run in New York. He's a lovely person. So he's, so, he's lovely and so talented. He's so talented. He's so funny. Uh, he's very handsome. I'm a big fan. So Timothy Dunn has somehow become my text Santa. And when my kids need to talk to Santa, they text oh. him and he texts them back as Santa. And it's fucking magical. Oh, my God. He doesn't even charge me money for it. It's amazing. <laughs> so... So um, my my uh, middle kid, Ajax, had been texting with Santa, Timothy Dunn, and, um, and they had a really nice conversation, and I don't know how he does it, honestly. It'll be like 2 a.m. his time, and he'll be like, hello, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so after that conversation, uh, Rex, our 10-year-old, was like, um, I need to talk to you and daddy about Santa when the other two aren't around. Oh. And so we're like, okay. But you know, it, at 10 years old, like, I think that's actually perfect. It's yeah. a perfect time because yeah. he's in fifth grade. Like how far are we getting in fifth grade yeah. where we don't, I mean, I don't want him to have that moment where someone's like, what are you fucking idiot? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um so I don't know why he's hanging out with those mean kids. Now kill that dog. <laughs> Prove you're not a fucking Santa believing pussy and kill that dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll wear too. Um, so, uh, so, so we we're like kind of putting it off, putting it off, and I was like, oh, like you know, I like to do things. Uh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I was like, Oh, how can I do this? Like perfectly. Um, but you know, I just didn't have time. So we just did it. Um, so the other night he came into our bedroom and I was like, are are you come here? Uh, and so he was like, I need to know, is Santa real? And we told him the truth and 
and it actually was fine. It went fine. I was really afraid he was going to cry or be angry at us or like feel betrayed, but it was actually totally fine. And we just told him like, now you get to be Santa with us. And we all like for your younger brothers. And, and he was like, I won't tell them. And I was like, thank you. And, you know, uh, and he was like, I won't tell the kids at school. Thank you. Yeah. Like, let's let them, you know, believe whatever they want to believe. So, so it kind of like organically unfolded and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm so grateful that he, you know, cause sometimes he's such a psycho. So I love that he was <laughs> like, I'm going to keep it a secret for my brothers, <laughs> and my, my classmates. And I didn't even have to like ask him, which feels weird. Um, yeah, so, Wes, yeah, Wes just figured out Tooth Fairy, and apparently he said, I know that it's mom, and I was a little bit proud of that, because I'm like, great, he sees the work that I've had to do to get that money under yes! the pillow. <laughs> and now I don't have to do it anymore. I can just hand him a dollar and be like, yeah, go you, you lost a tooth. I was I was feeling like I, I wanted more of a reaction, almost like, wow, it was, you were Santa this whole time, like, yeah. you're amazing, mom. You got you me that? Really- yeah, <laughs> you really busted your ass uh, these ten years. Uh, that, that won't happen. Um, but, but yeah. So. And as far as like other kids saying, you know, I'm, and and that don't celebrate Christmas or don't. I feel like in our house we're pretty open about this is what we do, but that doesn't mean everyone else does what we do. And sure, and then that's okay, you know, like because, and I think it's, uh. It's just kind of like, like today they, they actually asked me today, what happens to the kids that don't believe in Santa? And I was like, well, oh. they probably don't get gifts from Santa. And I was like, and that's, you know, I don't know. And then they were like, all right. I was like, I mean, I believe in Santa, but I'm a grown up and he doesn't bring me presents anymore. So I guess there's a time when you grow up and Santa has to give those toys to other little kids that might need them. And so they were like, okay. And I was like, go away. Don't talk to me anymore. I'm not going to you. It's just a matter of time before it before yeah, I just realized the next time he loses a tooth, it's gonna be tooth fairy next yeah. kill yeah. all our darlings. Easter bunny, you're gonna be like, absolutely, it's not a giant bunny that comes in and puts candy and <laughs> eggs all over the house and just yeah, no. I mean, does anyway, do your kids believe in the Easter bunny? Yes. Uh, yeah, they still wait, do. wait, okay. Talk wait, talk yeah. talk me through this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I, I get because Santa Claus thing, like obviously I knew some kids who believed in Santa. There's a there's a very clear mythology flies around the world in one night works in the North Pole. Yeah, yeah. But what do you, okay? What do you think the Easter Bunny? Okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so know. So they think so like it's a bunny that what like lives in Jesus's tomb and comes out like once a year. Like what are what is this like uh, deep mythology of the Easter Bunny? Oh, I, I don't know. I just say there's a deep. Yeah, no, it's just it giant bunny that comes to the house has nothing to do with religion it's just but they a- believe but they believe it's like an actual bunny yeah. it's so, at my so house crazy. it's not a giant bunny it's just a bunny it's, it's just, just like a little a bunny regular, it's like a regular well, size this is bunny. this is like the question when we interview people at my work for a new job one of the questions we like to ask is okay oh, so boy. a penguin just walked in the room why is it here and where's it going <laughs> Oh my God! What? Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because people. Can I answer that? Yeah. What? What is? What's your answer? Well, clearly, someone, uh, someone brought the penguin by. Uh, who they're training the penguin to be in a movie, and they need to, uh, like, expose the penguin. This is obviously not during COVID, uh, and the penguin needs to be 
exposed to like other environments to get used to being a movie actor. Now, if this is now during COVID, uh, the zoos are closed. <laughs> and so they're using this time to like show the penguin what the world is. <laughs> so your penguin is a real penguin. But a movie. Yeah. All right. This there is a go. real, a real no, movie actor. actor it's, a, it's an actor. Like, you know, he's getting some headshots. He's trying to build his resume. And he's here to, like, pick my brain. <laughs> my answer is the same, except that instead of a movie star penguin, it's like a helper penguin, like an assistance dog. Mm. Oh. That's this is like a pen- so we're just teaching this penguin like how to be cool around all sorts of people and like turn on light switches. <laughs> I always imagine like a big Mary Poppins animated penguin that comes in, but it's like overly large, like it's emperor like, penguin. Yeah, and he just comes in and tap dances, and uh, that's always what happens. <laughs> and like, nobody ever says it. <laughs> so what's like, the red flag you're looking for in this interview? What could someone say about the penguin that you're like, oh, this person's a psychopath. I'm not hiring them. Too well, I mean, like, to kill. Yeah, the penguin's here to kill you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank the you. penguin has <laughs> red eyes, and he is here for one reason, and it is murder. <laughs> I like, am the penguin. I've been a penguin here this whole time. He comes with me every. <laughs> 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 so okay wait easter bunny so sorry i'm sorry i could no like i grew up doing easter egg hunts i did oh. and i knew and and so i grew i grew up very it's very weird like i i knew that i was jewish but also i participated in a lot of like christian activities because like, it sounds you like know, you were a jewish american person that's it, what it, that's, that's that's really what it is right so yeah. i would take pictures with santa i just knew santa wasn't like actually real but he was in the mall, so I would go and take pictures with Santa. I have some pictures oh, with the Easter Bunny oh. in the mall. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was real. I thought it was like going to Disneyland, and I yeah. knew there's a person inside the Mickey suit. But like, I don't know. You just kind of suspend that. You can, I guess, mm-hmm. have the cognitive dissonance. But like, to actually believe in the Easter Bunny, is it believing that the guy in the mall is actually a bunny, or is it a real bunny, oh. or do they see the bunny? <laughs> I don't know. My kids are, they do not want anything to do with the Easter bunny at the mall or seeing the Easter bunny or talking no, to it. Creepy. Yeah. So it's not as big of a deal. Like it's, there's no lead up to Easter. They don't ask for anything. They like the, if they get things, it's usually small things like little chocolate things or whatever. But so it's a different, I think it's a different thing in that sense, but yeah, they still believe in it. They still but like, yeah. what do you mean? Believe, what do you mean? Believe in it? I don't My know. I mean, think that. Every year, a bunny rabbit somehow gets into our home, brings them a basket with candy and maybe a stuffed animal or a toy or some bubbles uh, or some slime. And then they also go all around the yard very early in the morning and hide plastic eggs that always reappear a year later um, with uh, with candy in them. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. So all the little Easter gifts... That's ostensibly left by this kind of tooth fairy like bunny. Yeah. Yeah. So they never see it's not like you rent a bunny to bring in oh, no. and dress the little bunny in like a bonnet. A it's it's a phantom bunny. It's a phantom bunny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. hmm Yeah. Yep. But with, yeah, my yeah. kids are not interested. Like if there's a bunny at a yeah, at some like mall, they're like, I'm not I no thank you. I would not like to meet that bunny. Thank you very much. Um and when they, they don't really connect with it either. And I think there's probably an understanding. I mean, I think I figured out Easter Bunny really early because um, I was like, this doesn't add up. But um, there's also a space where you're like, but if I say I don't 
believe in it, will it stop coming? Because I want the candy and the mm. slime. So I'll just play along with my parents and their stupid ideas. But also because my dad is a Lutheran minister, I grew up with so much religion when yeah. it came to Easter. Like I that, didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, Easter is like the biggest holiday for super Christians because it's all about, you know, resurrection. And so it's a big deal. It's a Easter really- is like a big that's the day. It's yeah. like their favorite. That's the day Jesus did what he was supposed to do. Pretty much, right? Yeah. He got the job done. He Get her done. That's what Jesus said, right? That's his saying. Jesus. So, Rachel, please tell us. I mean, what has, what has broken you? What has driven you to drink? Um, what have you? Well, I, I mean... The the birth, it was all really hot, traumatic because I got induced because of COVID oh. because we didn't know if the hospital was going to be inundated. And it was at the time when it was really bad in New York. This is uh, late March. Um, and, and they were starting to ban fathers from the delivery rooms in New York. Now they later, they later retracted this, but this is right around the time I was about to give birth. And so uh, once I hit 39 weeks, uh, and I knew I wanted an epidural anyway. So I was mm-hmm. like, great. I don't, I'm not going to labor at home for 15 hours. Like I'll just go in and they'll give me the Pitocin and an epidural. Like, cool. Um, yeah. so, uh, I mean, you know, giving birth is, a uh, for the, you know, half hour I did feel contractions was a uh, traumatic, um, getting the epidural was, uh, slightly was definitely traumatic it was the the most painful shot i've ever had um being in the hospital is traumatic but then there's like we checked into the hospital in masks and there was a guy in front of us who i'm like pretty sure had covid he was like i can't breathe and they'd like put him in a wheelchair and this is when we didn't know how covid really spread we didn't know what was spreading um and so i but I, I give birth. i i'm i'm sorry i'm i'm like asleep the, the epidural kicks in I, i'm asleep i dilate to the full 10 centimeters, like while I'm asleep, it's, great. it's great. Uh, I, I push her out in like 25 minutes. Um, oh my God, what a dream. It was great. It was the exact labor I, I wanted. And, you know, I checked in the hospital and they ask you when you get there, what is your goal for pain? Do they do this for you? They have a little pain scale. They have zero to 10 and they went, we, we'd like, they have a little whiteboard in the room and they went, just so you're, you're the nurses and the doctor knows, like, can, I'm going to circle the amount of pain you'd like to feel. What? Yes. And it's I went, and, and I feel a little ashamed about this because I have always known I was going to get an epidural. The majority of the crazy ex-girlfriend writers room were moms. I've, I have, I have crowdsourced enough birth stories to know, like I'm getting a fucking epidural. There's no way I'm not, yeah. but I felt a little shame about like them asking me like, how much pain do you want to feel? Right. Because what else in life do you say? I want to feel pain. And so I first I started out by saying three (laughs) and they were like, "Okay, three. And then I went, hey, what happens if I put zero? (laughs) Because I was like, I'm going to feel pain no matter what. Right. Like they don't they don't. So even when you're induced. They're, they don't just give you the Pitocin and then an epidural. They have to make sure the Pitocin's kicking in. And so you're going to feel contractions. And I went, I'm going to make my goal a zero. 
because mm-hmm. I was also worried that if I put like, I want to feel pain that the anesthesiologist wouldn't be on call. And I yeah. wanted him like, you know, so I said zero. And like, I thank God I did because I started to feel contractions. And very quickly I was like, I'm ready. Let's get him in here. Let's get him, let's get, let's get him in here. Let's get him prepped. <laughs> Um, but so I gave birth, the birth was positive. Uh, I'd had a very complication free pregnancy. Yes. P.S. God bless. Because I can say that, excuse me, when I went in with my second, I remember I went in and I was like, give me this epidural. And they were like, you're not far along enough to get the epidural yet. So you need to leave. Yeah. And so I had to like hang out at the fucking park on in you know on 23rd street in manhattan uh laboring while i waited like long enough to go back and hopefully get the epidural which was so fucking stupid anyway so so that's what i i i part of the reason i was down to be induced was because i heard story after story like that and i didn't need to i know i have a low pain tolerance i know that birth is very interesting and, and it's a medical miracle. And, but I, uh, I, I didn't, I was like, great, I can just go in and I'll feel the labor, but I, I, it's not, I won't go through the thing where I'll get turned away. And the doctor says it's safe, which it is to, to yeah. just get induced. Um, and so I have a vaginal birth, exactly what I wanted. And she comes out and I knew she'd be purple. Oh, I, I also got to do the thing. I'd had a doula. The doula wasn't allowed in the room because of COVID. Oh, man. Um, um, but but they the doula had asked me at one point, "Do you want to pull your own baby out?" <laughs> and I was like, "Now most people would be like, Ugh, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah, I want to pull my own fucking baby out. That sounds wow. amazing." So yeah. I did. The doctor kind of pulled her, you know, helped me obviously, but I wrapped my arms under her armpits and pulled her out, and it was amazing. It was, you know. But it became very clear within um, 30 seconds that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew she was going to be purple, like like babies are, you know, I think for the most part kind of purple or bluey. But like they all look just, crazy sh- when they're born. Sh- yeah, yeah. But uh, my doctor, she came out, she put her on my chest, and and I have some, I have the whole thing on video. It's very weird and traumatic to watch. My doctor was like, "We need to get a nurse in." Mm-hmm. We need to get a baby nurse in here, stat. And it was just my doctor and a nurse in the room because it was such a an easy labor. And she was like, go out in the hallway, run out in the hallway to my husband right now. And you say stat, shout stat, do it right now, do it right now. Oh, and so oh my God. I have this like pretty easy labor. And then suddenly six nurses run in and take the baby while I'm getting like sewn up. Mm-hmm. But my doctor's like, it's fine, it's fine, it'll be fine. And so, and so then I, until I saw her in the NICU, I didn't, I, my doctor said it was fine. And it was, it turns out she had this thing, it's called TTN. I, I forget what the long version of it is, but it's basically like when they have, not all of the fluid in their lungs got expelled. So they need help uh-huh. getting the fluid out. But, but that still means they have to be in the NICU. And the thing about the NICU is there's no like, there's no like differentiation between like really, really bad NICU and then like. NICU that's just okay they're either in your room or they're in like the emergency baby area right and as you know to see your new child hooked up to fucking IVs it it's horrible and awful and so I'm 
I had just given birth. I'm drained. I haven't eaten anything. I'm like white as a ghost. I'm dizzy. They're wheeling me around in this wheelchair. I'm about to throw up. Um, and then I see this, you know, baby tubes and, and, and wires and everything. And it's just, it's just so scary and terrible. Um, and then, and then that night I, I, I fell asleep and I woke up and I decided to check my email just to feel normal. And I get an email that my songwriting partner, Adam Schlesinger is, is in the hospital 3000 miles away with severe COVID, which oh, I didn't know. He, I didn't know he had COVID. That was the night I gave birth. And, and then meanwhile, like I'd been feeling anxiety anyway, you know, my hormones are going crazy. I'm, you know, <laughs> I've just given birth. My vagina is a mess. Um, basically Gregor and I, the next day or two, while, while our daughter's still in the NICU, we're just like taking turns, like crying. We're, we're yeah. both wrecks and 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 then like we're afraid of covid they're turning the the maternity ward below us it was like a two-floor maternity ward uh into a covid floor so they're oh. moving furniture like up from that floor into our floor so Wait, our floor what hospital was this this is good samaritan where is that it's downtown in in los angeles yeah yeah downtown okay. los angeles and they were and by the way they were just they were all lovely there and like and now I, I've seen online that Good Samaritan, the people who work there, like it's one of a, it's a COVID cluster. And of, mm. of course it is. Um, and my heart is like breaking for the people who work there. Um, right. So like COVID's happening. My husband and I can't go to the NICU together because of COVID regulations. And so the CDC is sending the NICU like new regulations literally on the hour. Cause this is the beginning of the outbreak here. So like, I don't know. It was just really fucking hard. And then she's in the NICU. We go home. We leave her in the NICU. My husband is now banned from the hospital. He can't go back and see her he because of COVID. Himself. Oh, because of COVID. Okay. So I can go back once a day and see her. Mm. I can't believe I wouldn't enter, let both of you go. No, 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 no. And so we didn't see her together until we took her home. Mm. Uh, we get home. We don't know how COVID spreads. And so my psychiatrist, oh, who's you know also a medical doctor, was like, look, we don't know how this is spreading yet. Treat all of your luggage and all of your things like they're contaminated. Oh, Jesus. And so I get home from the hospital. My daughter's still in the NICU. And I am on my hands and knees outside with my husband with Clorox wipes, scrubbing down my wallet, everything that was in the hospital with us. I put at one point, um, I had those, you know, perennial cooling pads they give yeah. you, but like they'd been in the hospital. So I dumped them all in our bathtub and I put on hot water and tried to scrub the outside of all of them, but then it melted <laughs> what was inside the, the perennial, uh, cooling liner. So I like ruined all of those. And meanwhile, like I'm in pain, I'm bleeding yeah. anyway. And that night, um, I had, I, I remember like, I was like, I need a fucking glass of wine. I need yeah. to, I need to drink. Um, and we have a, we have a good fortune. We have a jacuzzi, but you know, you can't immerse yourself in water. All I needed was a glass of wine and a bath, but yeah. you can't immerse yourself because your cervix is still open. Yeah. So I sat wearing a heavy, heavy sweater on my top. And putting my legs in the jacuzzi, trying to like get as drunk as possible. <laughs> um, but not getting too drunk because I still had to like start expelling breast milk. You know? Right. 
so I, I wanted to make sure that it would be out of my system in, you know, two hours. Um, oh, it was, God. and it was just that it was, it was just, and then finally we got her home from the NICU three days later. But then like shortly after that, Adam died of COVID, which is a well-known, like, people know that about me. My, my friend died. Um, and I don't so think I had no, I realized that. Oh yeah. So, so, so he died like um it was almost like exactly a week after she was born um Holy and so shit. i'm like holding a newborn and like grieving um it was just really fucking traumatic and really really hard and i think that i that's also why uh i i have a friend right now who had a baby around the time i did and they're already talking about trying again oh. and i'm just like i um yeah. i first of all I, I can picture us being a, a single child family but also like I it was trauma I, I need like a minute like I I need to readjust to normalcy and you know everything now like every time we go somewhere with her it's like a, a fucking like Kathy cartoon like I can't even my parents haven't even held her yet and they live around here um, but when I go see them I have a whole lawn set up. I can't bring her in the house. So I have to have like, I have like my, my portable diaper set up. I I have to basically make a camp (laughs) for myself anywhere I go with her that is in the house. And then when we want to get the house clean, which we need to, we like to do every two weeks, you know, because we have a baby, Mm -hmm. um, we got to leave the house. So that means I always have to have like a kind of set up in the car ready for when we have to leave the house for six hours Uh, once every two weeks our house is also under construction because we bought a lemon of a house um the earthquake proofing was straight up like faked yeah but we can't sell it yet and so there's active our house is an active construction site (laughs) and my my daughter sleeps through like full-on jackhammers under her room i don't know how she does it so it's just a fucking mess it's a fucking it's a a laughable mess and 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 finally in the past couple months what i've learned is like i'm leaning into the chaos being like this is where i'm at it doesn't mean i can't feel joy or or happiness um i've gotten used to the permanent transience which i think that we are all feeling right now um but yeah sorry that's like i know that like other people's birth stories are like boring but like it was it was fucking traumatic I think most birth stories are traumatic without grief and NICU and COVID and anxiety. That sounds so hard. Holy shit. Well, we, I mean, we used to talk a lot about how birth, especially with your first, um, is its own grieving process because you're grieving your past yeah. life and you're in a, sure. and it's a new, a whole new world for you. And so you were, dealing with grief in two different ways at the same time yeah along with covid which is an, another stage of grief that we're all collectively yeah. going through so uh it makes sense that you're maybe not chomping at the bullet to, or is it that is that what you say chomping at the bullet yeah, everyone be, bites the bullet chomp, it, chomps the bit chomping the yeah i know that i i know that i chew i chew on a bullet when i like (laughs) when you're thinking about having another kid you're chewing on a bullet uh but it makes sense that you're like hold on wait a second that was a lot and i don't know this might be enough Um, yeah it makes and she's great we wanted a girl and like she's fucking delightful and um 
I don't know. She's like, you know, super cool. Yeah. So <laughs> she's also super young and we're still in the midst of a, an yeah. awful pandemic. And yeah, people ask me, what are your hopes for the future? And I'm like, to go to a place where I can watch her interact with another baby. Yes. I, yeah. Like I haven't even done the it's- like things that you're supposed that, that, I would usually be doing. That's yeah. such a huge question. I mean, did you ask it back at them? I don't know. What are your plans for the future? I mean, that's just like such a big <laughs> thing to put on someone. I hate when people ask, like, when are you going to have another kid? Or even when I had just had my third kid, people were like, so you're going to try again for a girl? <laughs> and it's like, do, I'm so sorry. Did you just ask me when we're when my husband's going to put his penis in my vagina and ejaculate and then walk? Like what? Like that's a personal question. People what are just you? fucking. People are fucking. They're not Rude. evil. They're just basic. People are basic. They're basic. <laughs> they're basic bitches. And and the less well you know someone, the more probing the questions get because that's people are basic and they don't know how else to make conversation that. other than ask the most personal things um when are you gonna have sex again to have one of those Hmm. yeah Yeah, so how's your how's your how's your pussy is your pussy getting lubed you know questions like that amazing if that was like a regular so how's the lubrication in in your pussy since you (laughs) which by the way like i feel like i'm recovering pretty well like my vagina's like recovering i mean i had stitches it's definitely changed the layout mm-hmm. it's I've changed the layout of the house but like it's it's still like a functional house yeah i'll be honest i'm gonna be super honest so i've had three kids stitches every time um so in 10 years i have just not checked out the layout of this house because i am uh i'm just like afraid of you haven't looked i have not looked because after my first i i honestly felt like such a frankenstein Hmm. um and actually i almost i might cry right now thinking about it um yeah i felt like a fucking franken pussy (laughs) and um and i just like couldn't deal and uh so i haven't checked it out and i'm like freaked out too which is so fucking weird no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm morbid, so I looked at it right away. <laughs> and I and I actually have pictures on my phone of it in a little secret in a secret folder. Oh, you are the best. Um I, love it so much. I wanted I wanted to see. I'm sure I'm sure for what it's worth, it's different but beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird, huh? it's fucking weird the thing that so much that was just sexual is about this thing that's not sexual at Mm -hmm. all like even sex during pregnancy is like yeah fuck me don't mind this huge (laughs) like by the way like like this huge thing that's between us right now that's your that's your child growing (laughs) but 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 ignore it and fuck me like that alone is weird (laughs) yeah yeah, it's all weird. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I feel I'm like sorry. I came onto this podcast and I've been like, <laughs> made you cry. No, you didn't make me cry. My Franken pussy made me cry. It's not a Franken pussy. It's did what a, a pussy is for. Yeah, and, or not, not as for, sorry. 
sorry, that's reductive. What, what, what a, <laughs> a, a biological function of uh, pussies sometimes yeah. are. And it's just like, it's different. Well, yeah, it's the reason it's there <laughs> is that it's a birth canal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry I cried at the end. I feel like I, uh. Why? Don't ever apologize for crying. I used to have a professor that would say tears are the seeds of the soul. I don't don't know what it means. I still. I think it's like awesome. Yep. It's good to cry. And also from doing a podcast that you haven't um, emotionally like numbed yourself to like your own Mm -hmm. experiences that you still like feel these things Mm -hmm. probably in a very real way. And it's just a reminder that, like, we have stuff that we don't realize is there. And no matter, like, your kids are getting older, but it's still there. And it's important to, like, let yourself have that when you feel that way. And not just, like, bury it down and say, like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. Um, I don't know. Well, here, (laughs) let me me end this on a, a, a lighter note. Um... I thought you were going to look in the mirror right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> you see? Let me end this on a lighter note. It's fucking great, guys. It's <laughs> fucking beautiful. I'm going to go now. Yeah. No, no, go on. We're going to send you pictures. Put it in a private folder. <laughs> here's, the, no. here's the photo for your collection, Rachel. <laughs> oh yeah it's in, it's under the hidden photo in my <laughs> oh i haven't looked at these photos in a little bit are you looking at them now i am you know what it's because i thought one of the stitches was like infected oh um and i'm looking at it and no it wasn't infected <laughs> oh that one's really graphic okay i remember feeling those stitches for weeks um okay so my my kids are uh, have been like agitating for a pet which is really annoying because they have like a hundred fish that they they don't ever look at and so (laughs) you know I'm at this point where I can really choose what we're gonna do if we're gonna do anything you know are we gonna get a guinea pig a a hamster a a dog (laughs) like um and I may have settled on a hyperallergenic that's not how you say that word. Have you seen that? <laughs> Hypoallergenic. Cat. Oh. Which is weird because I don't like cats. Is that like a cat without hair? No, like a blue Russian. They have like oh. less dander. Hmm. Um, and I don't like cats. I like your cat, Amanda. Um, but she likes you too. You can have her. Oh, maybe I'll have. Yeah. Oh, those cats are beautiful. Sorry, I'm I'm looking at blue Russian cats. Oh, they're gorgeous. Russian blue. Um, Oh. Yeah. Oh, hello. Um, Yeah. So there's like a few different kinds of cats that yeah have like less dander. So I don't know. I I I may end up getting a cat, which is insane because I never thought I would get a cat, and I I only like Amanda's cat. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, Amanda, is there anything you would uh, like to plug before we go? Um, I want to ask just in case. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Just no. I don't do I always, anything. I write a, uh, yeah, no, no. I always forget to tell people, <laughs> but um, uh, Ari Vukitas 
Jess Eason and our friend Corey Willis have all started a new improv school called uh, Illuminati Improv. If you ever want, to- what? I didn't know this. Yeah, uh, we've been really yeah. bad at promoting. Jess it. is a really good friend of mine. Well, obviously, I need to be better friends with her. I had no idea. So we're yeah, we're gonna teach them improv classes, and they're just for fun. They're not like so you can you know. If you want to be on Saturday Night Live or whatever, that's fine. But it's really just for like normal people to have fun and do improv because it's like a fun, good life skill, and it like helps you just be a better person in a lot of ways. Oops. So anyway, so check out IlluminatiImprov.com. Um, by the way, before we go, uh, Rachel, have you been watching The Mandalorian? I haven't, but I do hear that Baby Yoda uh, was problematic. Problematic? Baby Yoda got canceled. This was like last week. Yo, what? Uh, Baby Yoda was eating, again, I've only seen like the first two episodes of season one, but something that Baby Yoda was eating um, like eggs of a dying species and yeah. it was like the cute little moment and then everyone was like, that's genocide. And so oh, no! <laughs> Baby Yoda got canceled for genocide. I was just going to say that apparently Baby Yoda has the same name as your husband, and that was exciting to me. Wait, oh, Gregor? Right. What is it? His name is like, yeah, it's like Gregor. Or no. Uh, Baby Yoda. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's Grogu. Grogu. Oh, every time I hear it, though, I just think of your husband. <laughs> Yang <Yeah>, Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, baby Yoda was canceled. That's terrible. I mean, it was, yeah, it was played for laughs and it was like, no, this is really awkward. Like these poor people are doing anything or these poor frog people or whatever, trying to save their, their race of frog people and fucking baby Yoda, Dan Gregor keeps eating all their eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Which if he were like a Yoda species, my man loves to eat. I can picture a world in which he guiltily was like eating a couple eggs and was like, oopsie, I made a little genocide. <laughs> Rachel, I know you have uh, so many things going on, uh, you know, past, present, and future, but is there anything, you know, where can people check you out? Where would you like to uh, make sure that they see your stuff? Anything like that. Well, you can't see. Unfortunately, you can't see my vagina pictures. I just want to put that out there. They're Aww. hidden. They're hidden on my phone, so you have to steal my phone. Um, uh, but but uh, you can check me out on uh, my Twitter is Rachel Does Stuff. My Instagram is Rachel Does Stuff. I I have a new book out uh, called I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. Um, and I I actually discuss some of this in there, not not all of it. Um, but it's about my relationship to normalcy. And that's pretty, that's, that's it. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is on Netflix in perpetuity now. Woohoo! Very exciting. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're a busy lady with a little baby, so I really, really appreciate it. Uh, uh, Rachel, you are doing a great job. I hope you know that. Thank you. Like, you're doing a great job just fucking every which way, but you're, you're doing a great job with, you know? all the shit that you do and raising a beautiful little baby and making, I, I feel like every time I checked in with like your Instagram, you're making people feel good <laughs> about motherhood and you know, I, I don't know. So great job, Rachel. Thank you. Oh, that means a lot. Great job to you too. Oh, thank you. You're killing it. Three kids between the two of, or six kids between the two of you. Yeah. That's so many kids. That's a lot of kids. Amanda, you're doing a great job. Thank right. you, Betsy. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> Every day. It's a new day. Oh, Amanda, but, since hmm. you're here. Uh-huh. I've been trying to bring it home every every time, but I'm not. I'm no Amanda Allen. Uh-huh. Can you do you mind bringing uh, us home? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I uh, let's see here. So you might be uh, thankful that your kid isn't fetishing over getting an enema, uh, or the relief, <laughs> or the relief that uh you can finally own the title of Santa, uh, or you can. Uh, you can just sit back knowing that you survived an incredible trauma of giving birth during a pandemic. No matter what, you're doing a great job. My mommy drinks. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire. Campfire.